0: Good morning. Um, I, am, I am pretty pumped up about our study of Galatians this summer. Um, so we have two things going on today. First day of our summer schedule. Uh, looks like you all made it here. Good job, in spite of the weather. Um, and the second thing we're starting is a summer sermon series on the book of Galatians. Um, and because of that, uh, we're going to be going through it almost um, line by line It would be really good if you brought your Bibles with you to church. You can make notes in them. You can underline things, uh, whatever you need to do. I I strongly encourage you, bring your Bibles this summer. Walk with us through the book of Galatians. And now, if you have them, would be a great time to pull them out. Um, And if you have it on your phone or a tablet or something, obviously that is okay as well. Um, If you don't have a Bible, um, I want you to have one. I will give you one. Um, Just come find me after the service, and we'll get you hooked up with a Bible. We are in Galatians, chapter 1. We're going to begin with verse 1. Um, As you see, we've we've titled our sermon series, Rediscovering Christian Liberty. Rediscovering Liberty. And that's precisely what needs to happen with the Galatians. They've been given freedom through the gospel of Jesus... They knew what it meant to be free people as Christians, and they are willfully turning that in for another gospel that guarantees them bondage and slavery. They have relinquished the freedom that comes from the grace of Christ in favor of a false gospel. Um, More precisely, what the Galatians are trying to do, they actually want to add To the work of Jesus Christ. As if somehow Jesus' death and resurrection was not enough for them, they want to add to it. Yes, Jesus, but also the law, but also good works, but also being a good person. They've taken Paul's gospel of grace, Paul's message of the sufficiency of Christ, and they've added to it. Friends, this is our temptation as well. This this has been a problem in the church throughout the centuries. It is easier to add to what Jesus has already done than to simply accept it as the free gift that it is. We're going to unpack that this summer. But as we'll see, when we add to the gospel of grace, we are actually subtracting from it. We're returning To a state of slavery and bondage. Bondage to proper behavior. Bondage to unmet expectations. And so the question we need to explore, for people bound to expectations, and, and be straight with yourself, there are daily expectations that you are setting for yourself, that others are setting for you, that you think God has for you, that you are not meeting. And you are in bondage to them. In a world full of these expectations, what does it mean to be truly free? That's what we're going to unpack this summer. So today we're in Galatians 1. We'll look at verses 1 to 9. Um, and so just keep in mind, Paul is writing to um, a mostly Gentile church, okay? So when you, when you hear that word Gentile, you think this is a church that is not Jewish. This is a Greek church, for instance, or a Roman church. These are people who, who would not have known the Old Testament, would not have been bound to Old Testament rules and regulations and laws. These are people who are pagans, who have heard the gospel, and who have become faithful followers of Jesus Christ, and Paul's message to them was, your salvation, your standing before God is dependent solely on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and your faith in that. There is nothing else needed for your salvation. That was Paul's message to them. That was, that was how the Lord gave him the message that in Christ all of the Old Testament rules and regulations are fulfilled and that for the people of God and followers of Jesus, the necessity of salvation is faith. That is Paul's gospel. And he's preaching it to these churches in Galatia. When you, when you hear Galatia, you should think um, southern Turkey. Okay, if you were in Acts, I believe it's um, 11, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. It's Paul's first missionary journey. And he goes on a boat with Barnabas, right? He goes with Barnabas and Mark, and they go through Cyprus, and they get to Turkey. And Mark, um, they have a little bit of a dispute. And, and John Mark goes, goes home, and Paul and Barnabas go throughout these cities of Galatia. Um, so we have Iconium and Derbe and Lystra, I believe, is one of them. That, that they're preaching the gospel there. And this letter is written to that collection of churches. Now, when they, when they preached the gospel there, they met resistance. Okay, they went first to the synagogues. And they preached there. They maybe had a few converts, but were largely kicked out of them pretty quickly. And then they preached to the Gentiles and had lots of excitement and response to the gospel. And the Jews who heard the message and rejected it actually turned and and persecuted them. Paul was stoned once, if not twice. And yet he lived and he kept preaching the gospel. And shortly after he left is where the trouble began and what brought us to this letter of Galatians. So Galatians 1, verses 1 to 9, um, there's a lot here. A lot of the themes throughout the rest of the letter are hinted at um, in this passage, but I want us to notice two things about this passage. What is Paul's desire for these churches in Galatia? What is his desire for them? And why is he astonished at what they're doing? What is his desire for the Galatians, and why is he astonished at what they're doing? Um, So first of all, we get down into verse 3. What is Paul's desire for the Galatians? Let's just check this out really quick. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. Paul wants more than anything else for his friends, his brothers and sisters in Christ in the Galatian churches to have grace from God and peace with God. Grace from God, simply God's unmerited favor, his unmerited love. It has two aspects. God's love, one, that would forgive sins, and God's love, two, that would create a desire in your heart to walk deeper and more fully in the love of God. That's what Grace means, when Paul talks about grace, he means the gift of God that allows you to be reconciled with him and allows you to walk closely with him in this life. That is God's grace, and that is what Paul wants for the Galatians. It is a free and unmerited, you know what I mean when I say unmerited? You didn't earn it, okay? There's nothing you did to get it. There's nothing about you that makes you worthy of it. It is free and unearned grace from God. So he wants them to have grace. And he wants them to have peace. He wants them to be in a peaceful relationship with God. He wants them to be in a peaceful relationship with each other. He wants them to be in a peaceful relationship with the world around them. Grace and peace. The reality is, however, that we all want peace, but we can't get it without grace. And too many of us are rejecting grace, and therefore we have no peace. Be honest with yourself. Are you at peace with God? If you met God this afternoon, would that be a peaceful meeting? Maybe. Maybe. But for the most part, not really, right? What does God say is required of us to be at peace with him? You know, if 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 we set aside Jesus, which we're obviously not, but, but, but let's say you didn't believe in Jesus or you, you're buying into this Jesus plus gospel, what do you need to be at peace with God? Well, it's called the law, okay? The Ten Commandments. We'll just start there. Have any of you broken one of the Ten Commandments? Yes. You don't have to say it out loud. I know you have. Just right out of the gate, you, you've missed the mark. And so you stand guilty, okay? You have guilt because you are not at peace with God. That's where we are. That's the reality of our situation. The other thing that comes from not having peace with God is also the reality that we, we don't have peace with each other, and that leads to shame, okay? Guilt and shame are the realities that we live into on a daily basis. Shame is, is this failure to live up to expectations. This is a big deal today, especially with social media, where who we are is defined by how many likes our Facebook status has, how many retweets we get, um, whatever other sort of things are out there, we, we define ourselves by, by how green our grass is, perhaps, or how nice our cars are, or how big our boats are. And when we don't live up to these cultural expectations, we're ashamed. We are ashamed. When we lack peace with God, we have guilt and shame. But Paul's desire is that the Galatians would know grace and peace. And how are they to get Him? Well, through Jesus Christ. So let's read on into verse 4. Um, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. This is the gospel. This is the heart of Paul's message. This is the heart of our salvation, that we would have grace from God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that we might have peace with God, that we might not be guilty before Him, that our standing would not depend on who we are and what we do, but would depend solely on the work, the death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We obtain grace and peace through Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. He died that we might be forgiven of the guilt we deserve. Who died to deliver us from this present evil age. This world is not as it should be. We know that. And through Jesus Christ, there is hope for something more. For for deliverance from a present evil age into an eternal glorious age. And all of that is through Jesus Christ. Do you see how that would bring peace? Okay? Okay? All of a sudden, it is not dependent on you. Your status before God is not on you. Your peace with God, your peace with your neighbors, it's not on you, it's on Jesus. We're in a right relationship with God. And because we all recognize that we're sinners, that, that, yeah, some of us might be a little better, some of us might be a little worse, but at the end of the day, none of us meet the standard. We're all on the same playing field. How can we hold someone else in contempt? How can we look down on somebody else? How can we be at war with somebody else when we realize we're all in the same boat? We get grace and peace with God, through Jesus Christ. And friends, that's Paul's desire for the Galatians, and that would be his desire for his church in Somerville as well. Grace and peace. Now let's read on. This is an an important transition, and and it's going to help us to note the tone of the letter here. So before we read uh, verse 6, I want you to consider how Paul starts out some of his other letters. Okay, I'll just throw a few out there. Romans, um, usually in all of these, he begins with um, a greeting, grace and peace, okay? That it's almost always grace and peace to you. And then a prayer, usually a prayer of thanksgiving. I thank God for you. I love you guys. You are my BFFs. (laughs) Romans, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. 1 Corinthians Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. Colossians, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for you. 1 Thessalonians, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for you. Galatians, grace and peace to you. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the gospel. There's no thank you. There's no, I love you. I am astonished at you. Because you have deserted the grace and peace that I so long for you to have in my heart. It is astonishing what you are doing. It is astonishing. The Galatians are seeking a different gospel. They're exchanging a gospel of grace for a gospel of works. Now, what are they doing exactly? Let's, let's get to that. Um, we, we see hints of it in Acts, for sure, but it's spelled out pretty clearly in chapter 6 of Galatians. So, if you want to flip over a few pages or swipe over a few chapters, um, go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 12. This is what's happening. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. You see that? The the forcing you to be circumcised. Well, Well, that is significant. It's not just that action, although that's part of it, but it's all that that action symbolizes. This is the covenant sign that you are a Jew, that you are bound to God through his law. And so when you um, make that, that ceremonial rite, you are brought into an ethnic people of God. Okay, remember, you're a Gentile. You're a Gentile. You're not ethnically Jewish, but, but you can be brought in to the Jewish people through this rite. And then what goes along with that is obedience to the law. Obedience to... Um, All the things that God has laid out for his people so that they would be holy in the Old Testament. All of it. And they're saying, look, these folks coming in, they're called Judaizers, if you're curious. That's what um, scholars call them. The Judaizers come in and they say, okay, they're not rejecting Jesus. This is important. Um, it's it's more subtle. You know, if they just said, forget Jesus, follow the law, the Galatians would have been like, no, 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 we we know. But but they didn't. They said, look, Jesus is okay, he's good. Accept Jesus, but you also need to become Jewish. You also need to follow the law. Now, Paul's a nice guy, and he's well-meaning, and he told you that you didn't have to do these things, but he really was just trying to make it a little easier on you. You can imagine this message wouldn't have gone over real well in the Galatian church at first. And so so Paul's making it easier on them. And so these Judaizers are coming in. They're saying, look, you've got to follow the law. You've got to be Jewish. This is a different message than Paul was preaching. Paul's gotten word of this. This is very soon after he leaves, folks. This is within a year. Probably. And he gets this message and he, he fires off this letter to the Galatians back now in chapter one. It says, I am astonished that you would reject my message and follow theirs. I am astonished that you would do this. But look at verse 6. They're not just rejecting a message, okay? It's not, they're not just rejecting a philosophy or a way of life. Look at verse six. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting what? Him. Who is Him? Jesus. If you want to pursue a Jesus plus gospel, you haven't just rejected a message, you've rejected a person, you've rejected a relationship. You've rejected Jesus Christ, Son of God, who died for you that you might have life. Paul is astonished that you're so quickly rejecting him. And when you reject Jesus, you reject his grace, his unmerited favor. You reject peace with God and peace with each other. All of a sudden, to have peace with God, it's no longer dependent on just Jesus. It's dependent in, in this message on Jesus plus actually keeping the law. The burden is no longer on the shoulders of our Savior who can bear it. It's on yours and mine. What does it look like practically when we add requirements to the gospel? Peace with God becomes dependent upon us obeying the rules, keeping the law. We've already established you can't do it. And so if you're going to add to the gospel of Jesus, how's that going to work out for you? A Jesus plus gospel turns our relationships with each other into competitions of righteousness. All of a sudden, we're competing against each other to see who can be the most holy. Imagine how that would work in a marriage. Maybe you can Yes, darling, I know. I know we both have Jesus. But if you would just read your Bible more often, I think you would have an easier time parenting our children. Dear, if you would just pray harder for the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't have such difficulty in getting motivated to do the projects around the house. You can imagine this, right? This competition of righteousness, Is there peace in that house? No. The gospel of Jesus levels the playing field. Okay? The grace of God levels the playing field. We've all fallen short of his glory. No matter how hard we've tried, we all need the same Savior to achieve the same peace. We all need the same grace, and none of us are deserving of it. But the Galatians are rejecting that. They're pursuing a gospel of Jesus plus, Jesus plus the law. Paul is astonished, and he has strong words from them. Let's read on into verse um, verse 8. Even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As I've said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you've received, let him be accursed. Kids, I'm going to use a word that you should not say. Paul is saying, let them be damned. If I come and preach to you a gospel contrary to the one I preached to you before, let me be damned. If an angel from heaven appears to you, and rolls out a gospel different from the one you have read here. Let him be damned. This is a serious issue. And Paul's not pulling any punches in this book of Galatians. This is an astonishing exchange that these Galatians are making. They've had grace. They've been given peace. And they are trading it in. This is a willful decision. They are trading it in for law and guilt and shame. And that's going to be our question this summer. What are we adding to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because that's our temptation, all of us, to add something to the gospel For some of us, we're saying, um, yes, the grace of Jesus, um, but in addition, you got to make sure you have really good spiritual disciplines if you want to stay in that grace. Disciplines aren't bad, okay? But when they turn into the means of your salvation, they are law. What are we adding to the gospel of Jesus Christ? What expectations are we putting on others? If somebody walked through that door right now, what expectation would you have when he came into this service? Should he be quiet? Should he be well groomed? Should he know Jesus already? What expectation are you adding to the gospel? What expectations are you putting on yourself? Those are the heaviest and the hardest to bear. I've got to be a better mother, I've got to be a harder worker. I've got to be a better father, grandparent. I've got to do better at school next year. My grades weren't quite what I thought they were. I've got to be better at football, basketball. I've got to work harder. God helps those who help themselves, you know? No. God helps those who know they can't help themselves. What are you adding to the gospel today? May we repent of that and return to the grace of Jesus Christ. Let us pray.